This is episode number 135 with John Licata from SAP New Ventures and Technologies. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. So what is the metaverse? Have you been on it? What are the business benefits? Well, experts are suggesting the metaverse, a promising digital space powered by a host of advanced technologies, could open up possibilities we can barely imagine. The internet took business into the stratosphere. The metaverse is meant to take us beyond that. In this episode, I'm joined by John Licata, the VP of Innovation Foresight at SAP New Ventures and Technologies, to explore the unique opportunities the metaverse vows to bring to the table. If embraced, the metaverse has huge implications for consumers, businesses, and more specifically, supply chains. You might be wondering what the metaverse, which is a purely digital space, has anything to do with supply chains that operate in the physical world. Well, we're going to be discussing just that and more in this exciting episode, so let's jump right in. Hey, John, welcome to Transform Talks. Thanks for being here. Great to be here, Maria. So, you know what? I want to kick off our conversation here by talking about a, a really big, you know, mega trend, whatever you call it. Everyone's talking about it. You turn on the news. Uh, everyone's talking about the metaverse. That's what I want to talk to you about. Now, for our listeners who uh, maybe don't know what the metaverse is and maybe think it's just a gaming platform and don't see the opportunities, could you maybe summarize it for us? Yeah, I think it's an interesting question. And you're right, it's been such a hot topic. But the reality is the virtual world has been around for many years. And so I think if you asked 100 people what they thought of the metaverse, you're probably going to get 100 different answers. Yeah. Um, I look at it as an opportunity to engage uh, with people, customers, businesses in new ways. And I think there's a lot of ways that the metaverse can be the, the follow on to the Internet. And I think that's really interesting when you think about how far the internet has already come and allowed us to do things we previously couldn't do before .com. And now it's, is, there's an opportunity, I think, to maybe um, level the playing field, if you will, and give people opportunities, regardless of skin color, race, where they live, religion, all this stuff, because they're going to have an opportunity to just be uh, an avatar or engage with avatars in new ways. And again, I just think it opens up the door. So for me, uh, in short, the metaverse is the evolution of the internet and creates a new virtual world experience that will rival applications in new ways moving is forward. This, is this what they mean by like web 3.0? Well, that's really the infrastructure that will be yeah. needed to allow that to thrive. But I, I think when you look at the, the metaverse, um, I think it's fundamentally a shift in behavior. Gaming clearly has been uh, at the forefront of this, but nevertheless, it's created movements, created communities. What does that look like online? What does that look like in the metaverse? Maybe this has an opportunity to change education as we know it today um, and give people maybe tools, knowledge they might not previously had. But if you think about today, like we go on the, the web and we navigate and we go to Google and we go to these other, these other uh, websites, how will we do that in a metaverse world? You're already starting to see the emergence of fashion districts, shopping experience, virtual assets being sold, NFTs, all that is great, but how does it become more organized? How does it become transparent? How does it become credible? 
And I think that's what people want to see too, that their identities are going to be safe, that they have the ability to maybe not just be um, native to the metaverse, but also look at hybrid opportunities that cross the physical world and the virtual world. So I think there's opportunities to maybe uh, look at how 3D representations um, can, in, 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 in fact, even influence supply chain. I know that's a, a, well, that, well, that, a, topic, well, a topic near and dear to your heart. I think exactly. there are a lot of opportunities there. Well, you took the next question right out of my, my mouth, which is what are the opportunities for supply chain? Yeah, so look, I mean, I think if you look at the opportunity to leverage a virtual world to help manage um, warehouses, the inventories that will be needed for warehouse planning, I think the collaboration tools that maybe we don't have today completely can be enhanced. So you might be able to see a number of product designs. Why does that matter for the supply chain? Well, a rapid process design, those capabilities, that collaboration can lead to a more transparent, sustainable supply chain. I think customers, uh, I think customers can see products from the ground up in 3D and they could track throughout the delivery cycle, what that could look like. I think it will help lower shipping costs. So I think that's one. I think reducing the risk to quality design due to like quality measurements. Um, I think that is something else to consider because I think maybe looking at the metaverse to, to lower customer churn is a really interesting conversation. Again, why does it matter? Because these things do have a relationship with the physical world. The ability to support more data, I think can improve logistics. Make, help us to understand what's wrong, the anom anomalies that the supply chain has today, because we might be able to have better decision-making and overall uh, more efficient strategic planning and execution. And I think as we look at like digital twins and what that looks like going forward, advanced digital twins, manufacturing, product design, and logistics, I think that definitely stretches beyond simulation of just machines. And that, that I think that that's, collectively, it's going to uh, create more of an efficient supply chain. Wait, you're, we're already using, to some extent, some people are using digital twin technology uh, with AR, VR, you know, et cetera, to try to make, so you're talking about advanced digital twin technology. And, you know, one of the things that supply chain leaders are really, have always been trying to pursue is end-to-end -end supply chain visibility. Now add to that other things like trying to build supply chain transparency, right? To understand all their levers, sorry, levels of um, suppliers creating a digital supply network. Do you think all of those things could be possible in the metaverse? I think it's important to understand that we have to be open to what comes next. And I think with, if you're looking at advancing digital twins, the capabilities have to go beyond simulation of just machines. What about processes? Processes mm -hmm. that affect the, the um, the, the evolution of the supply chain. <clears throat> what about the opportunity to see um, how your planning in the metaverse result in a bottleneck uh, um, um, highlight that maybe you didn't even know it even existed. So you were able to move things. We look at things very linear today, yeah. but I think the, the visual opportunities will have, you know, there's only so much a spreadsheet can actually tell somebody but if you can bring that information in, into life in new ways, I think there's opportunities for the supply chain to become more efficient because we still have many problems with last mile deliveries. Uh, logistics is a huge problem today. Um, I mean, look, we just, you know, I've been hearing uh, increasingly about truckers revolting and and this and how what and what that could look like. That could cripple the supply chain. So, are there ways that we can already think of proactively? 
looking at rerouting uh, more efficiently? What does that look like? And the actual allocation of goods in a warehouse, maybe that also changes what that looks like. So again, it becomes more of a proactive strategy towards making the, uh, the supply chain more efficient. And I think to some extent that's limited today. I think that we have some new opportunities to do that, not just because of the metaverse, but part, and, and by the way, my, the metaverse won't solve every problem. Yeah. Blockchain won't solve every problem. But what it can do is maybe present uh, data in new ways to allow us to make better decisions. Ultimately, that should result in a more efficient, uh, um, hopefully in sustainable uh, supply chain. Okay, so let me be cynical for a little bit. I mean, and no doubt, I'm sure there are a lot of cynics out there with regards to the metaverse. Um, a lot of the people that are in decision-making authority right now are of a certain generation. You know, okay. they have they have probably not even experienced VR or AR or not experienced gaming or what the metaverse can do. So do you think that there's a risk that a lot of these decision-makers might take this too slowly and the pace of change is moving so quickly that they may not take advantage of the potential opportunities? Well, first of all, I don't think that the, the metaverse is, is, is uh, something that's gonna cause such a transformative evolution in skills tomorrow. I think mm. there's a process going forward. And I think people um, maybe look at the metaverse and as maybe as a new opportunity to boost their knowledge, upskilling, reskilling, which will be necessary especially as you're seeing, as we've been witnessing here in the United States, this great resignation and millions of people looking for new ways to work. We're experiencing think, it everywhere. Where I'm but, in the UK, we're seeing it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I think that's, that's, that alone is something too. So, so I don't think you're, uh, you've been, you know, how, however long you've been in a particular industry has to change. Do you want to be successful? I think you'll be open-minded to looking to see how asset management um, is, is uh, monitored and maybe there's ways to, to look at advancing the manufacturing process that doesn't do today. Why wow, you want to reduce unplanned downtimes, improve in, in, in uh, efficiency, maybe facilitate complex manufacturing process visualization. Does it exist and should people be worried about it? I think they should look at it as an opportunity. You know, when dot-com came out, a lot of companies were, you know, everybody became dot-com. Whatever business you were, a lot of businesses didn't do it effectively and some failed. Some behemoths Toys managed to evolve. Toys, well, yeah, and I think so. I think that we have to look at, at at this as a way to evolve current businesses. And as I mentioned before, it shouldn't be something that people solely look at it as native businesses to the native uh, the metaverse. I think there's an opportunity for us to see hybrid applications. I mean, here at SAP, where we're, where we're helping the world run better, improving people's lives, we need to take that mindset into the metaverse to see what we can do. It's not a basic lift and shift of applications uh, into the metaverse in the virtual world. Uh, I should, you know, but I think that you have to take a look at um, opportunity and highlight that. And I think people, the younger generation, they've been doing this for years, playing these games um, and and playing with new tools that we didn't have. Yeah. And by the way, those those younger generation, they're the future business leaders. Those are the decision makers. So I think it would be a lost opportunity if we didn't consider how this experiences can help us. Um, again, maybe taking that lens versus just gamifying everything might be an approach that we could all look at. I, I like that point because I think, I think that's the danger in my opinion of this metaverse is everybody wanting to gamify something. And so they're putting on the VR and AR headsets yeah. and what have you and thinking, oh, I'm gonna have some really cool, cool fun. And they don't see it as business critical. 
to yeah. to where we're going. And so can I take it back a little bit to people? Because you started talking about the future of work. Uh, we, that, that is a reality. We are, you know, we have the great resignation. We have huge yep. skills gaps. We are trying to attract this new generation of leaders into our businesses who have different skills. Um, could the metaverse be one of those things that allows us to hire, you know, uh, for example, even uh, disabled people that perhaps, you know, couldn't have taken a job at a logistics warehouse before for many reasons? What yeah, do you think of that? I, I think um, um, absolutely. And, and I, and I, I want to take that last part maybe um, separately because I think looking at the disabled opportunities, I think requires its own sort of focus as well. But I think it goes back to what I said about leveling the playing field. I think that's really interesting. There is, this shouldn't be bias. Clearly right now, and we're experiencing it in both the physical world as well as in the virtual where there is harassment, but we need to figure out how to, and bullying, how do we look at compliance? How do we look at um, uh, hiring? How do we hire a, uh, that a native specific people to maintain roles that will be necessary to facilitate the evolution of the metaverse. Also the skills that will be necessary, as I mentioned, for the hybrid world, the cross world. That's gonna be super interesting, but I think that if the, there's, there's gotta be, uh, the gaming aspect of it should be maybe something that awakens many people, but to look at that just solely as the, as the rationale moving forward, I think would be flawed. In fact, I actually think, speaking, of, uh, uh, we had mentioned disabled, I think people look at it right now as, hey, I don't wanna wear a headset, most of my day, and I don't think you will. And I think it is, it's, it's interesting to consider the evolution of artificial intelligence, the potential for five senses of artificial intelligence, the ability of wearables to be enhanced in the future. So maybe instead of the goggles, maybe there's a small so little- a glass, uh, yeah, or, or it, contact it, lenses or something. And, and, and that, that's absolutely uh, a part of it, or, or, or maybe even a, a little uh, Band-Aid-like device you put on your fingertip that you can feel so that does help the disabled have opportunities to do things that they couldn't. So the metaverse could be an opportunity to enhance and augment what they are not able to do today. So it's not just like the vision aspect, it's about being able to taste, being able to smell, being able to feel. And, and what does that look like in the metaverse? And I think for, this, for, for those that are disabled, I think that uh, it's, a, I, I guess it, it could be an exciting way to help augment you? Is it going to um, 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 change your life? Maybe. Maybe you could yeah. give them may give them hope of uh, of a different world. But the reality is they're not going to live in it every, you know, the way 24-7. No. But finding that balance and maybe the, to feel like they're part of something, I think that if we go in that direction, I think that's where this, I love to see the solutions go in that direction to give people hope. All right, you, you touched upon something that is also on my mind, which is um, risk and security. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the internet is is a minefield of problems and harassment and bullying, like you said. And um, I mean, just the other day, my messenger got cloned. You know, I'm getting tons of people sending me messages. So it's 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 risky out there. It's scary out there. So what what's being done about it? What can be done about it for the metaverse? If that's going to be yeah. our new place that we're going to be living and breathing and working. Listen, Maria, I have two young children. And I and I sometimes I, I think about, when I think about the applications that we could hear at, at SAP move forward, um, I, I want them to be able to, to thrive in, in the future workforce. And it's scary though, when you think about, you know, the way digital identities 
can be stolen uh, today or invaded in different ways. That being said, I think that maybe self-sovereign identity should be an interesting opportunity within the metaverse. Why? Because I think there's a general assumption people will create a singular avatar. And I think that might not be the way it's gonna happen. I think we could see, for example, seven Marias. Mm -hmm. You could maybe, and you have an avatar that specifically, you wanna share the musical side if that was your thing or your athletic side, or you wanted to share your, the focus on the supply chain. It might not be an all above, but how do I know I'm dealing with you? So yeah. that is a challenge is how do we actually figure out the trustworthiness of what's in the metaverse? It is something that has to be looked at and policing the sites that whether of all ages look at those that are business related and those that are not. Um, and let's be honest, they are out there. We need to figure out ways that the younger generation can, can go there and feel safe. But I think that the digital identity and being able to manage identities per person is something that I think will be an interesting task for software companies to look at. You know, obviously privacy and security means so much to us here at SAP that will be, you know, that is an area that obviously we want to enhance with any application we move forward. How do you safeguard people's privacy? Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a big thing. It's a big risk to some degree. And then, you know, a lot of our audience, they're representing big major corporations. So, I mean, some of them don't allow you to use certain software because uh, for meetings, do you know what I mean? Because they're trying to maintain the security of their businesses. There's a lot of IP. There are a lot of, a lot of things to protect beyond identity, you know, IPs and so forth. So there's, there's still a lot of work there. Um, do you think that COVID brought about an opportunity, you know, by showing us that, A, we can work from home, you know, that we can be, be that we can be flexible. Uh, we're, you know, the UK here is trialing a four day work week. Do you think, do you think we've, COVID has sort of accelerated some of this? Well, look, I mean, what we've all experienced through COVID globally has been unprecedented and, and it, it affected us in many ways. Um, and I think that through tragedy comes opportunity. And I think we should always look at what can we do to get better prepare um, for what might come next, whether it's a it's a hurricane, uh, it's a pandemic, you know, it's a it's an earthquake, um, a at, cyber at this, attack. At this point, I'd say locusts. You know, it, you know. It, I know, and that's what it feels like. But the reality yeah. is, there are so many different aspects because, in my mind, the next major storm may or may not come from weather. It could be a cyber attack that cripples a supply chain cripples the grid, the people won't have energy power. So I think that, so, so what I think is, so what's, what's the opportunity is to be more proactive. We need to be in a more emergent society, dynamically prepared for what could come to shift into what happens next. There's a composability of systems that will be necessary because maybe you know one device can't talk to another, but I think if you think of one ecosystem in the metaverse, Maybe one system will be able to talk to another and figuring out a way to how does that also be composed from the physical world into the virtual world. And so I think there's out, there are a lot of opportunities in, in front of us. And, and I think COVID was just something that working from home showed people or gave people more of an incentive to say, hey, maybe I should be part of that solopreneurship you know, focus, that creator economy that is global, as you mentioned. Um, but I do think that 
I, I actually would love to think that we should always be looking at trying to make a, a positive out of a bad situation. And this was just one we're all going through together. And it's unprecedented, yeah, I, as I said. Completely agree with you. Um, now, with with regards to, again, I go, I go back to my point. I, I, I look around, I, I can speak for myself, right? As a, an entrepreneur, a business owner, someone in her late 40s, I don't want to establish, you know, give everybody too much information, but um, how does... You know, when I look at the metaverse, I'm a little bit daunted by it. I'm a little bit daunted by how do I get started? How, how do I get started as a person? How do I get started for my business? Uh, what kind of practical advice would you have for our audience to, to get started? Do your homework. I think it's important to educate right now. Don't be in a rush to go into mm. the metaverse. Understand what you're looking to accomplish and see if it makes sense. And I think having a basic approach to not just running into the next big thing, but understanding what that thing is. And, and as I mentioned earlier, the virtual world has been around for years. So it's been, clearly it's been made uh, more, uh, more public recently, but the reality is headsets, gamification has been around for quite some time. I would just advise people to be cautious. They're, I think um, having the ability to understand how, it, from a business perspective, how could it impact your business, I think would be logical and probably a strategic way to understand if your business should or should not be a part of, of the metaverse. Not every company will benefit from, from having the, the opportunities within the metaverse, but many will. And I just think the more you can educate yourself, I think that's probably the best advice I can give. That's, that's sound advice. And, and in going back to supply chain again, uh, again, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I, I just hear it all the time, which is, okay, we're ta everyone's talking about NFTs. Everybody's talking about the metaverse. Everyone's talking about uh, gamification, et cetera. Yes, I, I, I think there's maybe, so I, I don't believe necessarily you're gonna be buying mass goods in the metaverse and they're gonna show up at your door. I think you're gonna have personal hyper-personalization of opportunities from a retail perspective. Uh, and I think that maybe there's a combination of maybe buying something for your avatar, trying it out, and maybe at some point it does wind up at your front door. But I think you know digital assets were meant for digital reasons. And I think that when you see the NFTs or companies like Nike with sneakers or Adidas, you know, they're trying to get in there. I think they're trying to figure out what is what is the potential for brands to reach their consumers. And there is an appetite for digital only uh, uh, goods to be transferred. A mark, you know, so the opportunity to, to look at primary and secondary opportunities for selling these NFTs, the digital land that's selling for millions of dollars, you know, the, all these different aspects that you're hearing, the supply chain, I think, finding a way that it, maybe there's an opportunity to become more personal. Give me what I need, not necessarily what you know, uh, my, my demographic is showing on a sheet. What do I need based on my likes, dislikes? So I think that that's something that we're going to see a more personal approach going forward. Um, I think that could be a, a great for consumers to finally get things that are more tailored to them versus, you know, uh, small, medium, large, extra large sizes that are pretty generic. But I think that also, there's the, the, like you mentioned, NFTs. I think we're capturing moments that we didn't know that previously exist, whether it was Jack Dorsey having a tweet, maybe an image from a movie, a sporting moment, some moments. 
Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, we're going to be living in moments maybe more than we thought we might. But I think that with that too becomes interesting. How do you manage that, those digital assets? When you're, when you feel like maybe you should sell them, is there a market for that? Like there's all of these sort of concepts I think are important to understand how does that affect supply and, and demand for digital assets and cross-world assets that might be an opportunity to also explore what does that look like? Oh yeah, absolutely. I could be wearing a you know a t-shirt that I like you know in the metaverse, and then I want to wear it in the real world. So uh, yeah, I totally hear you there. You you talked about you do bring up a good point, and it, it's correct, which is that the virtual world has been around for a while now, uh, but it seems like the pace has you know quickened for the release of the met, or at least the. Uh, distribution of the metaverse and the wider world, you know, the the, the ubiquity of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, what? How quickly is this going to escalate? You know. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, so I think that's a that's a very fair assessment. But the reality is, because of advances in technology over the past decade, you're seeing more and more companies jump into different things, not just the metaverse. I mean, I rem- I could remember. You know, over a decade ago, uh, focusing on electric vehicles, and and then you know, all of a sudden, it's becoming now. Ten years later, everyone's jumping into it. There's not a car brand out there not looking at it or having um, a concept that they can bring to market sooner than later. So I think why what changed? I think there's uh, access. People, it wasn't just about the charging station. It was about the price point. It was about the education that it took because of technology that education is happening a lot faster and enhancing the opportunity time to market is rapidly increasing because of that. So I think the education, people like you've mentioned, the younger generation that's in the headsets in this, they've been experiencing this for a while now. Mm -hmm. So yes, there's an enthusiasm about what could come, but I think that the time to market for, for the metaverse or the interplanetary, metaverse or what comes beyond that the galactic metaverse whatever it's because of knowledge and i think that people and and the ability to look i could just you know download something so fast and and i could also i and i'm augmented and i think that that augmentation is something that we believe so strongly in here at sap and that's why when you maybe heard me say you know human ingenuity and machine intelligence coming together in empathic symbiosis it's because we need to figure out a way to work with machines not in lieu of that's what does that augmentation look like it's so it's an there's a period where that is simply about augmentation there's a a period where that autonomous sort of solutions will happen and it's happening because of the rapid pace of of innovation and i think hopefully if if like you say with this collaboration machine and human um we could tackle some of the big issues you know like sustainability like uh, diversity, like, you know, all the big issues that hopefully we have to absolutely. We, we, we have, have to. to, I mean, we're talking about bringing in quantum computing and having enormous amounts of data, a tsunami of data that humans can't process on their own. We should be looking at not only getting the data, but also contextualizing the data so we can understand how are we going to leverage deep data sets in ways that we can understand and activate. And I think you do need the complement of machines to accomplish that. I completely agree with you. John, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for coming to talk to us and telling us about the metaverse. Maybe the next time we see each other, we'll be on the metaverse, you know, in the metaverse. So thanks so much. And for those of you listening, we'll catch you at the next episode. Thank you. 
Thanks for joining us today at Transform Talks. I hope you found this valuable. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. I'll see you at the next one.